0: Welcome to Monsters and Mixers, the spine chilling podcast guaranteed to quench your thirst for all things spooky and one thing drinky. Can't get enough of paranormal or true crime stories? Then this is the place for you. We are your hosts, Amy and Emma, and each episode will feature a new story and a new cocktail recipe to help calm your nerves while you listen. So grab your ingredients, pull the covers up tight, and prepare to be terrified by tales of the darkness among us. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Monsters and Mixers. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> It's not an important day in my life. I mean, it's probably not super important for most people. Happy greeting card and chocolate day, I guess. Yeah. Would be more appropriate. So we are doing our second paranormal episode of the season today. And to get us through the episode, we made some boozy milkshakes. And hands down, my favorite drink we have had on the show so far. They're very good. They are very good. I love milkshakes anyways. Me too, and I don't drink them very often because there's a bazillion calories in them, but that's pretty damn good anyway. Mm -hmm. The ingredients, if you want to make your own boozy milkshake, I put them on our Facebook and our Twitter, but you can actually simplify. I did some simplification. That was a hard one for me. Um, The ingredients online were vanilla ice cream, Oreos, vanilla vodka, and Baileys. Bailey's and you just mix it all together. We cut out some of that and just went with cookies and cream ice cream and I threw a couple Oreos in there to add a little texture. And we actually use salted caramel vodka because it tastes a lot like vanilla but it has a little more flavor I feel like. And it is a freaking delicious. Mm-hmm. It literally just tastes like cookies and cream. And it's a nice little, sorry, I was taking a drink. It's a nice little um, way to forget that it's winter it kind of feels yeah, like during the summer. Is once again, freezing outside here. I'm so over it. Yeah, but it's going to be 60 tomorrow, <laughs> and 60 the next day, and then We're snowing storm. snow. Because <laughs> that appears to be the way our weather operates these days. Yeah, I'm looking forward to like April and May Mm-hmm. pretty heavily. Yeah, when it gets nice. So. This past weekend, Emma and I went and saw the new Jackass movie, and we wanted to talk about that. It's not scary or paranormal, but it was freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. I've been looking forward
1: to it for probably like a year and a half when they announced it, because the release date was really originally supposed to be, I think, last October, maybe, and it just kept getting pushed back,
0: and I was so excited. Yeah. I was, was not disappointed. It was a good time. We took some friends with us, so hello, friends. I was loved it. it? I, I
1: would w- go watch it again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do not bring your children. There are an awful lot of penises. Well,
1: I mean, it's you should jackass. have been you bringing your children to jackass movies anyways, yeah. probably, even though I was definitely watching jackass when I was like 12.
0: Mm-hmm. But, you know. Did not get the Mother of the Year award that year. She into the person I am today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are new to our podcast, welcome. And I am Amy. And I am Emma. And we are your hostesses. Today we're going to talk about... Eastern State Penitentiary and it's actually pretty cool I enjoyed researching it I couldn't find quite as many secondhand stories or firsthand stories that I read secondhand online for this one but there were a lot of really good stories so for those of you who do not know Eastern State Penitentiary was once the most famous and expensive prison in the world but today it's nothing more than empty guard towers crumbling cell blocks and dilapidated walls it was originally known for its grand architecture and strict discipline. This was the world's first true penitentiary. It was a prison designed to inspire penitence. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, penitence. Yeah. Or true true regret in the hearts of the prisoners. Its vaulted, skylit cells once held many of America's most notorious lawbreakers, including bank robber Slick Willie Sutton and the super infamous Al Capone. However, a lot of the prisoners who served their time there were arrested for really small, petty crimes, such as theft. It, to me, seems like a very harsh sentence when I give you more details for someone who didn't do a major crime, and you'll understand more of that later. It was actually pretty awful. It's interesting
1: to, like, be known as the most famous and expensive prison in the world yeah it's a very i don't know it's it was huge it was massive yeah it's just an odd thing like people are prison is not necessarily i don't know how to put it into words it's odd to like think that that is like something that they're known for like being expensive and big and Mm -hmm. having all this grand architecture and then inside like people are there
0: for their entire lives and right a lot of people did really short stints like one in two years They thought they would be rehabilitated and were fine so uh, there were some long-term prisoners but it was actually kind of a short-term stay for a lot of people yeah Uh, eastern state penitentiary was built in 1829 and ran until 1971 so i had quite a long run did you see where this was in pennsylvania it's in pittsburgh oh okay yeah in that time hundreds of criminals served time within its walls At its completion, the building was the largest and most expensive public structure ever erected in the United States and quickly became a model for more than 300 prisons nationwide, worldwide. Sorry, worldwide. Um, Even animals weren't safe from the clutches of Eastern State Penitentiary. In 1924, Pennsylvania Governor Gifford Pinchot allegedly sentenced Pep, the cat-murdering dog, who was an actual dog, to a life sent- sentence at Eastern State. Pep allegedly murdered the governor's cher- governor's wife's cherished cat. Prison records reflect that Pep was assigned an inmate number. He was number C2559, which is seen in his mugshot. So they arrested this dog, and he actually had a mugshot. This the most absurd thing I've ever heard, and it, honestly sad. It is sad. But there are lots of stories that say that Pep was actually there because the... He felt really bad for the prisoners because it was a really hard existence. And he brought the dog in for an increase in the inmates' morale. Those are vastly different things. Either the dog was imprisoned
1: or the dog was there getting treated well and helping inmates feel happy. Yeah.
0: Well, and I kind of took those stories that said that he was there to help people out with just a teeny bit of criticism and skepticism. Because if you're there in this really harsh prison where the whole entire point of view from everybody is that you should be by yourself Have, having a dog there doesn't make sense but i mean it'll make sense in a minute i mean they bring dogs into prisons all the time i know and cats but eastern states revolutionary system of incarceration was dubbed the pennsylvania system or separate system it encouraged separate confinement as a form of rehabilitation The warden was legally required to visit every inmate every day, and the overseers were mandated to see each inmate three times a day. But outside of that, they had no interaction with anyone else. It was almost completely solitary. They ate alone, they had all the things they did were all by themselves. The original design of the building was for seven one-story cell blocks, but by the time cell block three was completed, the prison was already over capacity. And all subsequent cell blocks then had two floors. Toward the end, cell blocks 14 and 15 were hastily built due to overcrowding. They were built and designed by prisoners. And cell block 15 was the worst for the worst behaved prisoners. And the guards were actually gated off from there entirely. So they put the really, really bad people there. Yeah. Don't just roll your eyes. They can't hear your eyes rolling. What do you want to say? So the guards weren't
1: even allowed to visit these people? They did not go back there and like... That's like not even really done today.
0: No, it's it was horrible. Yeah, I'm okay. yeah. sure that's against the law. And originally inmates were housed in individual cells that could only be accessed by entering through a small exercise yard attached to the back of the prison. Only a small portal, just large enough to pass meals, opened onto the actual cell block inside. But that design proved to be kind of impractical. And in the middle of construction, cells were then changed to have a door on the outside where prisoners could leave through metal doors that were covered by heavy wooden doors. So they had two doors. And the reason for the heavy wooden doors was because they wanted to keep any kind of sound from getting out. They didn't, want them, be to, yeah, they didn't want them to be able to talk at all. But there was a positive note. Cell accommodations were ad- really advanced for their time. They had a faucet with running water and a flush toilet. And as well as curved pipes along part of the one wall, which served as a central heating unit during the winter months where hot water could be run through the pipes to keep the cells kind of warm. So there were lots of things about it that were awful, but there were also other things that were kind of good.
1: I don't think we should see running water in a flushing toilet as an achievement. In the 18- 1800s? Yeah. The 1800s? mm mm-hmm. You said it was 19... 19- Oh, 1829. Yeah, to 1971. But you think they had flushing toilets in 1829? When they originally built it, yeah. When, That's why it was considered so advanced. Advanced. And also, they probably need flushing toilets if these people are not even allowed to
0: leave. I mean, they don't want to be smelling shit all the time. Right. Well, and because it, it says toilets were remotely flushed twice a week by the guards of the cell block, so it wasn't flushing like we have. They came through and they flushed them for them but it still would be better than going in a bucket or a hole in the does or that doesn't whatever. Flush, yeah. yeah. On paper, the accommodations inside the first cell blocks were lavish. When the penitentiary opened, the building had more amenities than the current white house, how it existed. The prison was immaculately, immaculately clean, but it was very far from inviting. Some believe that the doors going into the prison cells were so small prisoners would have so they would have a harder time getting out to minimize the chances of attacking an officer or a guard. Others thought that the doors were small because it forced them to actually have to bow entering their cells and that reminded them that they were there to do penance and also tied into the religious inspirations of the prison because it was very puritanical in the belief system of you're here to repent. The cells were made of All concrete with a single glass skylight representing the, quote, eye of God. And they did that to suggest to the prisoners that God was always watching them. So they had to be good all the time. Outside the cell was an individual area for exercise. Enclosed by high walls so prisoners could not communicate. Exercise time for each prisoner was synchronized. So no two prisoners next to each other would be out at the same time. Because they didn't want them talking at all. Prisoners were allowed to garden and even keep pets. So they did let people other than Pep in. So then, I mean, why were you? Because I still feel like the idea, that, the notion that it was to raise the morale. I don't think it was to raise morale. Well, I morale. mean,
1: letting them garden and keep pets is probably to raise morale. We don't know what they did with the food that they
0: gardened. My guess is they took it and well, used it for we food. Don't, we know what they did for pets. I'm just saying the gardening they probably did to save them money. Well, and they did too, but I mean, also to be
1: gardening was probably their escape a lot of the time. To well, have like, something to do that's not
0: in confined, confined between like four cell walls. They only got to do it for an hour a day. That was it for their time outside of that poor little cell. How the, how the hell are they keeping
1: pets? Like, are the they being, being supplied with pet food? Well, and how do the pets go outside if you have a dog and you're only allowed outside once a day? It like, doesn't make any sense. I know. Because I know, like, even now, there are some, like, prisons that allow them to have cats. But cats are way easier to keep inside. They don't need to be let outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can live in a room and be
0: okay. And it's kind of unfair to the pet. It's really unfair so, yeah. to the pet. I don't know how you would even do that. I don't know. It does... There's a few things that did... And then I found this in several sources, though. So it obviously happened. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, the reason why they didn't want people to talk was they wanted to force isolation so the prisoners could truly think about what they had done and fill their hearts with penit- penitence. So, oh, I'm sorry, I lied. It Quakers, yeah, Quakers and Puritans are the same. The Quakers thought any unnecessary contact could derail the rehabilitation process. So they even went so far as to when guards came to deliver meals and things, they wore fabric over their shoes so the prisoners couldn't even hear their footsteps approaching. Yeah, and it says they wore a
1: hood over their head. That, that To prevent them from being mm-hmm. recognized. yeah. Which is... I'm surprised they don't do that still. You think? Because, like, well, I mean, it does sound, like, archaic, but I know, like, a lot of... I've watched a lot of interviews with, like, prison guards who... Like, if you work as a prison guard for your entire career, a lot of the times, especially in, like, maximum security prisons, when you retire, they, like, request that you are moved far away. Well, yeah. Because prisoners can, like, know your name and, and like, mm -hmm. find out where you live and know what you look like and can have some psycho trying to come
0: kill you in your sleep. Yeah. So, serious question. If you were in this prison, would you bring Godiva with you? So, you would have company or would you think... Like, as was... a guard? Or, I mean, as a prisoner? Oh, fuck, If you were yes. a prisoner, would you bring her with
1: you? Yes, I would. Absolutely bring her with me. Would you feel like that's unfair to her? No, because half the time she just stays in my room with me right now anyways. I mean, she has Yeah, I don't We know. should
0: clarify. Godiva's her cat.
1: I would feel bad that she wouldn't have, like, a window to look out of or, mm-hmm. like... She would have the eye
0: of God. I wouldn't have, like, any... If I could bring her toys, yes. But if I couldn't, then no. I would leave her with you. She could play with the real mice that were scurrying around your cell. Because you know there are rodents, Mm, I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah. I would would want her there.
1: I mean, I'd be incredible. It would depend on how long I'm there, too. If I'm there my entire life, that bitch is coming with me. (laughs) I'm sorry. We are toughing this out together. I was going to the big house. (laughs) I would probably bring one of our cats, too. It'd be incredibly lonely. Yeah. Especially when you're already used to having animals and people around you all the time. Like I don't know how you even get used to being having no outside contact whatsoever. And the outside contact you do have is from someone who you don't even know what they look like.
0: Right. And now does it make sense how I said I feel like this is a very harsh punishment for someone who just stole something. It's in yeah, it's insane. I mean it's an, a harsh punishment for most
1: crimes. Yeah. And I guarantee Al Capone's ass was treated really well. Because I've seen pictures of Al Capone's cell, and that man was living lavish in this
0: bitch. He got cell block number one. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <I'm> he was <laughs> ruining my story. No. Um, his was very nice. I kind of hinted at that the prisoners weren't allowed to, allowed to speak to each other, but they weren't allowed to speak at all. They sat in complete silence for most of the day. The only book they were allowed to read was The Bible. And like I said before, the only light in their cells came from the the eye of God skylight above. So that means at nighttime it was completely dark, totally pitch black. It terrifying. And I mean, like right now we're finally getting a little more daylight. Um, it's getting light earlier in the morning and staying light longer. But in the winter time, especially you would in have,
1: Pennsylvania, yeah, yeah you would have some
0: dark winters. Dark at like four thirty or maybe even earlier. You would be in the dark for so many hours, and that would just
1: like mess up your concept of time so much, like, you would have no idea what time it was.
0: No. Or what I day mean, it was. it's not like or...
1: they're going to have a clock on the wall for you. Like, you're not going to know what day it is, like, what time it is.
0: Well, the early days, it's like you... probably way before even, like, any clock that we would use. They would be like... I mean, I don't know when the first clock was I mean, invented, but I would imagine... Like... A... Was oh. it an analog clock? Is
1: that the OG clock? Yeah. Or is that what we have now? No, they're digital clocks. Digital did. They, 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 they had
0: to. If they had flushing toilets, they had to have had clocks. I don't know. I feel like toilet... I feel like the technology for toilets came way before clocks, because it's all gears and mechanisms and things. A toilet's a lever and a pulley, plunger. But we're really getting on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we are straying a lot. But also, from the were they just
1: trying to like make all of these people like insanely religious? That was their like, indoctrinate
0: them. Is that what they wanted? That was their idea that if they taught them religion, they would never do their crime again. I would but
1: i d I'd almost think that like reading the Bible would make them
0: realize that the way they're being treated is not godly. You would think. <laughs> like, although it depends, they probably gave them the Old Testament, which is a lot of yeah, well, wrap when the New Testament came along. Yeah. But yeah. I mean it's a very heavy idea of religion in the Old Testament. Yeah, they probably released a bunch
1: of religious nutsos, because that was the only thing they could cling to. The eye of God's light in the mm-hmm. Bible.
0: Yeah. If prisoners tried to tap on pipes or whisper to each other um, through the vents, they had severe consequences and they did not even let them read letters from home. So any letters they got from home, they kept until they were released. So they are completely, I'm assuming no visitors either. Yeah, you say visitors are not allowed letters in, from oh, yeah. visitors. Mm-hmm. Definitely
1: no visitors. They're not even letting... They're not letting them you visit each to other. The warden, well, they they said that the warden had to visit them once a day, probably for welfare checks. Were, I would imagine. Was he wearing a hood over his head? I don't know. There was no mention of he had a hood. Imagine being the warden for that prison. It's
0: probably Jim Jones. <laughs> Jim Jones. <laughs> I don't know. So, like I said, if you were caught talking, there were lots of punishments. Uh, the punishments here were some of the most horrible things I've ever heard of in my life. They had this thing called the iron gag. So let's say you were talking to someone and you got caught. This happened to an inmate named Matthias McCumsey. And in 1833, he was caught talking to his inmate while he was there serving, or talking to another inmate, while he was serving time for manslaughter. When he got caught, the guards put this thing called the iron gag on him. So the way that they did that is they bound and shackled his hands behind his back and to his legs, and then they put an iron-casted gag over his tongue. So it fit over his face and his mouth. Kind of, I always think when I was doing this, I was thinking about Saw, and that weird like helmet thing she had on. But I don't think it was just it's like probably this. just an iron ball gag. Yeah, um, the gag was attached by chains to the shackles on the wrists, and then they just left you alone. <gasps> so his
1: behind his mm-hmm.
0: any movement whatsoever caused that to tear your tongue your, and, your and, and make your mouth bleed so they came back to check on him an hour later and he was dead he had had his tongue ripped so badly that he bled to death while he was in there in just that short amount of time and that was not an uncommon thing to happen when someone was punished with the iron gag lots of people bled and died because that was literally the design of it was so that even the tiniest little movement, so even just readjusting because your arms are sore behind your back would cause it to tear your tongue. I can't imagine, I mean... It was probably so heavy too, so like your arms mm-hmm. would have to move. Yeah, the pain and torture that that would be that was is horrible. I would think that they would probably have less people talking to someone if they would maybe show them that contraction well, yeah, First. Like, I mean, yeah,
1: these people don't even know that that's what you're going to be faced with because they can't see or
0: hear it when it's happening. Right. And so they we... would have no idea that somebody died because they have no access to anyone besides themselves. And the one warden and a few guards. Is this a for... Do you know if this was like for-profit prison? Probably. I would imagine. Uh, then they had this thing called the Mad Chair because in early... Philadelphian doctor's views, they thought that mental illness spread through the body through circulation. So you were, I guess, progressively made crazier and crazier about your blood going through your body. They thought they could cure insanity by simply making sure blood couldn't pump through the body. Well, yeah, I'm sure you could <laughs> cure insanity by killing the person. <laughs> sadly, these people mostly did not die. Um, not sadly because I wanted them to die, but it actually... They would almost rather die. Yeah, they ended up maiming them. So they restricted all movement in this thing called the mad chair. And they were strapped in so tightly that it was literally impossible to move even the smallest muscle. They would be forced to sit in the chair for days on end without food. And it restricted the blood flow so bad that people's limbs had to be cut off. Because their limbs just died from having no blood flow. And I would imagine they probably emerged a little crazier than they did when they went in it
1: am i wrong in thinking that 18 well 1829 1829 seems a little late in time for like medieval torture
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're not like, wrong this is literally that. medieval torture yeah it's, it's like i'm surprised they're not ripping people's limbs off
0: yeah well i mean it it got really bad not that these weren't bad but it's like fucking guantanamo bay yeah if you broke the rules in the wintertime, they covered you in water, ice-cold water, and then hung you on a wall outside until ice formed on your body. Like these, these people needed to be reading the Bible and looking yeah. at the eye of God because like, this, this is not how you not treat a human. godly.
1: Like, where in the Bible does it say that this is how you treat people who do wrong?
0: Yeah. Jesus would hate you. <laughs> like, Absolutely. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. And then the last thing they did to the poor people was if somebody like say really lost it and tried to hit a guard or tried to escape, they were sent down to the hole, which is also known as the Klondike. So this was the worst and smallest cell block. They literally dug out an underground area of cell block 14 and prisoners were left in a confined room with no light because they didn't even have the skylight. They were underground. And little to no food or water for super long, extended periods of time. Uh, they couldn't even, like I said, couldn't even see any light whatsoever. Just complete, utter isolation. Probably couldn't
1: even move. Like their legs probably wouldn't even be like, sprawled out. Mm-mm.
0: It's it's gross. It's really sad to me. And they have done studies on what happens to people even in like, solitary, for just as short as a couple of days. Yeah. Can well, I mean, a lot of people
1: think like, solitary confinement, by today's standards is like cruel and unusual punishment mm-hmm. because when you put someone in a s- small space like that for that long by themselves with barely i mean barely any food no contact to the outside world you literally lose your mind yeah
0: and they would be in complete and total darkness yeah, so let alone in darkness be no way to know at all like you said earlier you would lose track of time imagine being somewhere so dark that you didn't know if it was day or night for days and days and days. Not only
1: that, but you're starving. You're Mm -hmm. probably peeing on yourself. You're probably pooping on yourself.
0: I mean... And there's probably rats and things scurrying around in the dark that you can't even see.
1: Probably smells horrible because God knows how many people have been on there.
0: Yeah. Um, So this prison, Eastern State, was designated a National Historic Landmark in 1965, um, which we've talked about a lot of horrible things. Um, To no surprise, this is a very huge paranormal... Hotspot. And the paranormal claims date back to the 1940s. I'm sorry.
1: Did you find any information of, like, when they stopped doing stuff like that? I did not. Because it was open until 1971. So
0: I would imagine that it stopped in the
1: 19th century because...
0: The isolation got a lot better because after a while there were so many prisoners that they were forced to double people up in cells. So you started seeing the double inmate cell blocks. Uh, there were also women in this prison. It was one of the first prisons to have female. Co ed. Mm-hmm, to have female prisons. They had like a female wing. So it w- I mean, if you want to give like pioneer awards for nastiness, they were definitely pioneers in the way that they uh-huh. arrested women. No, no. I, I don't mean it like that. they That was the word they used. Good was, job. Shut up. <laughs> they were ass. pioneers in incarcerating women. <laughs> They were pioneers in equal treatment Equals. of criminals. Oh,
1: my God. Hey,
0: women do the crime <laughs> just like men, just saying. Um, although executions were not carried out at Eastern State, the prison was home to its fair share of murders. I would imagine mostly probably guards
1: mm-hmm.
0: since the prisoners, and except for later when they were together. Uh, at least two guards that they know of were, or that they've said were murdered by inmates. That's not that many. But hundreds of others in the prison died from disease and old age. So the grounds are naturally haunted with spirits of people who met their end at the prison. Over the decades, Eastern State has had countless claims of paranormal activity and as a result has been featured on lots of television shows about paranormal activity. These claims that I'm going to tell you about later are, they've been reported from Prisoners, guards, visitors, and the investigators—it's very, very, very active. This was on Ghost Adventures, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I first saw Alcatraz. So yeah, if anyone is interested and lives nearby or is planning a trip, you can actually go and is visit. it still a prison. Mm-hmm. No, it's just a like landmark. a broken shell of a building. Can't really do a whole lot other than do some ghost touring. So I we're. Don't want to visit that place. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that place. I kind of want to go. I mean, it'd no. be to me like seeing kind of like an Alcatraz. Which I really want oh, to go see. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I guess. I don't know. I just feel like stepping foot in there would be very heavy and sad. Oh, absolutely. But I I like the history behind a lot of the stories that I tell and like the history of buildings. You know that. That's why I'm so drawn to New Orleans as a place to go visit and investigate because it is so old. And the buildings are so cool and historic. I mean, even our area. Yeah. Like all of the buildings are so old. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a short break because I want to drink some more milkshake. And every time I take a drink, I have to talk and my milkshake's getting watery. Mine's almost gone. (laughs) Yeah, see? Jelly. All right. We will be back in one minute. we are back for the second half of our Eastern State Penitentiary, and now we're going to get into the paranormal stuff. So, one of the most compelling ghost stories originated from the prison, originating from the prison involved a locksmith named Gary Johnson, who was working in cell block four, trying to remove a really stubborn lock from a cell block during the restoration process. While he was doing so, he felt a presence there with him, watching him intensely and looking down the cell block. And he looked down the cell block and didn't see anyone there. He continued on with his work, but the feeling came again. And at that time he was met with this really icy blast of cold air. It was right at that moment that he successfully unlocked the cell. And he said that he felt a very negative presence when the cell opened and it left him completely paralyzed. He was unable to move. And then he was looking around again and saw a shadowy figure leap across the cell block. And then the faces of uh, lots of tormented souls appeared across the walls of the cell. And he was so freaked out that he did not continue his locksmith work. He was like, nope, I'm done. I'm out of here. There is a super common occurrence reported by people that go. This has been reported by people that go on the ghost tours. People that do like the paranormal investigations on TV and stuff. And they all say that there is a figure standing in one of the guard towers. And there's a lot of speculation that maybe it was one of the former guards who feels like he still has to stay and guard over everything and watch over. Guests frequently claim to get a glimpse of him him standing in a guard tower on the property. But that is absolutely impossible for anyone to be up there. Because you can't physically get to the top of the tower anymore. The stairs fell off. He probably dropped up there. Yeah, he's <laughs> I mean, like, I can't get down. I would imagine if no he were stairs, if he were an actual ghost, he could probably get down. If he were a person, he'd be dead by now. But if he's just but, up there, like, guys, hey, help me, please. <laughs> I know you see me. You're looking right here. What was that? I was waving like, hey, oh, he's okay. trying to get people's attention. Um, many visitors and staff at the prison report hearing the sounds of footsteps down the long corridors and, sadly, the anguished wails coming from inside some of the cells. Probably somebody who had been frozen or gagged or... Anyone who was there. Um, in cell block six, shadows have been spotted moving against the walls by many of the staff during their rounds. And in cell block four, where Johnson the locksmith had his encounter, people, other people have seen the faces inside the cells. And Selbach 12 has been the site of disembodied laughter when there's no one there. That, to me, is the most terrifying thing that people ever report paranormally. It's like some laughing. Like, what are you laughing at? Why are you laughing? That's scary to you. It's terrifying. Someone being to me. happy in the afterlife is the scariest thing to you. I don't think disembodied laughter is necessarily happy laughter. If I think that it, it's ghost, more of a like, Able to be happy. Do you think they're happy? Do you think anybody in this place was happy? I am assuming if someone's laughing, it's probably one of those, the people who work there. Have you seen it? Because Pennywise laughs a lot and he's never happy. It's terrifying. I don't know. I guess I could go one of two ways. I I don't, they don't feel like there's somebody laughing happily. They all, (laughs) they all yeet out of there real fast and go, nope, I'm done. Absolutely Um, not.
1: I like to think that it's someone who's just happy. Okay. But, I mean, given the circumstances, it's probably not. Well...
0: My goosebumps tell me it's not.
1: I think you are associating it with, like, when people scary. report, like, seeing a face, like, smiling at them. Because that's scary. Like, ghost that, like, smile or, like...
0: Creep. Because it's never a happy smile. I mean, smile. there
1: are, like, happy smiles, like, comforting smiles. But I think you're associating it with, like, when people say that they see, like, a grin on someone's face that okay. just looks dark.
0: Yeah. I don't like it. I would not be okay if something was laughing. They weren't it's disembodied, so it's coming from nothing. Still, I don't. I'm talking crazy. I feel like the whales might be a little <laughs> scarier than <laughs> so the Wailing laughter. and moaning and laughing, all three are on my <laughs> note list. Um, there is one particular spirit that has been seen in the older part of the prison by lots of people. He is said to be a shadowy form that stands perfectly still, sometimes completely unnoticed, until approached, at which point he darts away real fast. Yes, <laughs> juking people. So he just stands there until a ray comes and then runs away. Um, there was one of the more notorious and controversial videos taken at Eastern State. Is one that appeared on the sci-fi series Ghost Hunters when members of the Atlantic Paranormal Society filmed what appears to be a shadowy figure on the catwalk of Cell Block Four. So they actually got some pretty good documented evidence. I'm pretty sure I've seen that one before. Probably from early on, because, I mean, that's TAPS, right? Mm -hmm. They've been around for so long. Yeah, they're very well-respected in the paranormal community. Because they go so far as to try and debunk everything Mm -hmm. they capture. Like the Mythbusters like the ghost hunting Mm -hmm. world? Um, Poor little Pep the dog. Got longer than a life sentence and has been reported to be seen and heard throughout the prison. He was... This has actually made me feel a little better. He wasn't, like, stuck in a cell. He was allowed to roam around freely, so the places that he spotted are always different. He just kinda roams, his spirit roams freely. And this is gonna sound kinda fucked up, but whenever I hear stories about pet, ghosts, animal um ghosts, it always makes me feel a little better because then I know that my pets have souls. Oh yeah. And that they're not just gonna, you know I know our pets have souls. Yeah. So even though I've I... seen all dogs go to heaven. Yeah that movie'll will... tear your heart out. <laughs> Even though it's really sad that Pep got sent there.
1: What if he liked it? I mean, Pep probably had no idea what was going on. No. So he was probably just trotting and living his little doggy life. You don't think they ever put a gag in his mouth for barking? No.
0: I don't (laughs) think so. Not. That'd be horrible. Because they know Pep's going to fight back. They know the people will not Mm-hmm. All right, so now I'm going to run through kind of a little list of what some of the paranormal investigation groups have found because it is... On the bucket list for most paranormal people to go look at, uh, we talked about ghost hunters already, but they revealed what appeared to be the apparition of a man walking through cell block 12. Also, a crew for ch- Travel Channel's most haunted recorded objects moving on their own. Investigators with the production cla- with the production claimed to have communicated with multiple spirits. I'm pretty sure I saw that one too, and they were using. Um, flashlights to ask questions and the flashlights were going off and on a lot tour guides and guests um, all experienced supernatural activity when the aging prison opened for tours people just couldn't stay away i'm sorry i think i just love that a lot (laughs) i don't even know what i'm saying anymore this milkshake's gone to my head I think I was supposed to delete that. Oh God! Okay, oh, God. we're gonna have to reset. Emma's knocking I'm the I'm Sorry, around. I didn't know this table Jesus. was like so Mary wobbly. Joseph. That was probably really loud, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, I feel like we should edit that out. <laughs> no, but we're not gonna. We try to keep it real because <laughs> we are not super polished professionals. We are just two women in a basement drinking milkshakes, <laughs> having a damn good time, and throwing shit everywhere. <laughs> I think you got messed up because that was like a title of something yeah. you were supposed to read. You read it. It's I a think sentence. so too. All right, so people go there all the time, and they have their own ghost stories. Lots of p- tourists report hearing whispering, giggling. How you feel about giggling? Is that better than laughing? I mean, giggling sounds like a little kiddish to me, but I doubt there's like any children there. That would be sad to me. Um, and weeping while exploring. They can never find a source for the noise. There's never anybody nearby. It's not like there's another tour group and they're laughing. The apparition of a mysterious woman is spotted so often that employees have named her the soap lady. <laughs> it's a terrible name for her. Why? Well, I, I don't even... Because no one even explains it. Like, all it says is the soap lady, and then she, it says... Like, can they smell, like, perfumey soap when she's around?
1: Dude, I don't know. Feels she's like a weird prison, you window.
0: Yeah, she sits in the last <laughs> cell on the second floor, wearing white. Um, that's where the women's maybe, cell maybe block was.
1: Maybe that's why they so Because
0: she's wearing white, she looked like soap. <laughs> yeah, my soap's orange. She didn't look like that. And then we get to Al Capone. Hmm. So, this is, what do I represent? Mm-hmm, this is kind of fitting since we said today is Valentine's Day. It may not be Valentine's Day when you're listening. Um, Al Capone haunted, he had his own haunted experiences there. So, Chicago gangster Al Capone spent eight months locked up in Eastern State Penitentiary. Apparently, the spirits of the prison were powerful enough to terrify even the most vicious mob boss. Capone's criminal network made sure his accommodations at Eastern State Penitentiary were luxurious, like you speculated earlier, they were definitely really nice. His cell could have been mistaken for a cozy living room complete with oil paintings and fine furniture. Although he was living like a king, an unseen force terrified him at night. So, so what is the point <laughs> of going to prison if they're going to keep even there? arresting him. Because
1: yeah. if his experience there is so good, I mean outside of like whatever haunting, but he's living day-to-day life being treated well. Yeah. And I have seen pictures of his cell. I Look it up. You can see him. I believe his cell at the penitentiary is still yeah. exactly the same. They've never changed it. I'm pretty
0: sure that Ghost Adventures went in his yeah. cell and tried to talk to him. Um, but,
1: like, he's not going to learn anything. Like, he is not going to give a shit. He's Al Capone anyways. He doesn't care. No. So he was going to be like, oh, I got locked up, but my experience was great for eight months. And then, like
0: well, I... his experience wasn't great, though because he would let out blood-curdling screams in the darkness almost every single night, begging for someone named Jimmy to leave him alone. So lots of people think that Jimmy was one of the victims that was killed during the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And I had to refresh myself on this, so I wanted to go ahead and refresh everybody else too. So the St. Valentine's Day Massacre was carried out because Al Capone got tired of Bugs Moran and the Northside gang. So he went to handle and damage his reputation beyond repair. And he did more than just damage his reputation. In a brazen attack, Capone initiated a, quote, police raid, during which he shipped in out of towners dressed as cops. So brought in all these people, pretending like they were cops. And on the morning of Valentine's Day, the fake police interrupted a known Moran warehouse, lined all the workers against the wall, and gunned them down with a shower of bullets. So, Jimmy Clark, the one that Al Capone was crying out to every night, was one of the victims. And apparently, he did not forgive Capone after his murder. So, I kind of wonder if it was actually Jimmy or if it was because he felt guilty and it's kind of like a telltale heart thing. And he had time to think about it being in his cell. Or, I mean, it's a known fact that Al Capone had um, untreated syphilis that was causing him to lose his mind
1: yeah I'm gonna assume it was probably the first thing you said,
0: yeah, or the syphilis, I mean, or both I mean, syphilis is a pretty terrible, terrible infection if it's not treated, it's very treatable if you do it, but he was too ashamed to get treatment, so it he had it for decades, and it just went to his brain. I should have gone to see Dr. Murphy, <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe he wouldn't be hearing Jimmy in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah. No matter what the cause was, though, Capone truly believed it was Jimmy's ghost. He claimed even after he was released from Eastern State Penitentiary, the entity continued to torment him. It followed him there. So out of desperation, Capone even hired a medium, but that didn't even work. He tried to hire somebody to come in and get rid of the spirit. Um, Eventually, not too much long after this, he lost his mind and ended up in a mental institution where he spent the last years of his life. So, they said he spent his last years swatting at invisible flies and had to literally be physically carted around by the orderlies until his death in 1946. Which is, I mean, he was Al Capone, but it's still sad. I hate to see anybody lose their mind to madness. I've always thought Al Capone was kind of cool. I mean, to me, it's a fate worse than hell to be a prisoner in your own brain or just not even know. Yeah. Yeah, so that is the end of Eastern State Penitentiary. Any questions? Oh no! Do you want to throw the microphone at people again? <sighs> Sorry, I don't know how that happened. This table has never done that before. Now you were really um, laughing hard and going in on it. We will. We promise not to do something like that again. <laughs> right, it's so your fault for saying flub. I've like never heard <laughs> that come out of your mouth.
1: Eh, I don't remember saying it. To be so I honest. really flubbed that up. Oh. Like
0: I literally never heard that. Yeah. All right, so we didn't do a cryptic corner last week because our episode, or last, my last episode two weeks ago, because it was long, but this one's not quite as long as that. So I brought us a cryptic corner, and it is the Waterford Sheepman. And it is an abominable, like the abominable, blah, blah, blah snowman, snowman. And that terrorized the small rural town of Westford, Pennsylvania. Waterford. In the, oh, sorry. Waterford, Pennsylvania, <laughs> in their early 1970s. Hundreds of people are said to witness this creature and they range from small school children all the way to adult farmers. The Waterford Sheepman lurked in farm fields, stalking the unwitting animals in a desire to tear them apart and feed on their flesh and blood. It is terrifying and described as a six foot tall goat like creature or a half human half goat creature with large curly goat horns. On its horribly misshapen head. It had massively sharp teeth, giant claws on its hood feet, and a goat-like face. And it was covered in curly goat-like hair. Some stories that I read said white hair, and others said black and brown. And I immediately thought of you when I saw the part about the black and brown, because it reminded me of Black Phillip. Oh, black Phillip. I was <laughs> oh, obsessed Phillip. with Black Philip. <laughs> The Waterford Sheepman is said to live in a cave on Baghdad Road and it is known to attack cars by hiding in the rafters of a bridge and jumping down on them, leaving them very damaged. It is also referred to as the Goatman, not to be confused with the Goatman from Goatman's Bridge, I don't believe.
1: I don't know where Goatman's Bridge is.
0: It has to be up north. Somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember. I've seen lots of things on it, but I don't remember where it's located. There was a woman named Marilyn who knew of the Goatman legend in her 70s. But along with the stories, she also has actually witnessed it with her own eyes.
1: It's actually in Texas.
0: Oh, yeah? Goatman Bridge. She said, I lived on Baghdad Road and I saw this figure running across the dirt road at one point near the old sawmill. She remembers that at the time, there was much talk about the legend. With many people catching a glimpse of the creature darting across the road or into the brush or along farm fields. She had a second encounter with the monster when she was 17. She said, he was there that one night I drove home and right before I turned into my driveway, there he was running across the roads and into the woods. That would be very scary if you see a giant goat man running across the woods. Goats and sheep aren't the same thing, are
1: they? No. So why are they calling him a sheep man if he looks like a goat?
0: I don't know. Maybe they couldn't well, tell if he was a goat or sheep.
1: Cuz like I guess like rams look like goats with their horns. Rams are male
0: sheep, right? Goats have the um goats have the beards oh. and things sheep do not. They and don't. sheep are fluffy and goats are mm-hmm. yeah. I think goats are scarier than sheep. I don't know. Cuz well I don't know. Goats are so cute and tiny. Black Phillips
1: a goat. Yeah, um, like, like Baphomet as a goat, mm-hmm. goat
0: head is like a pretty famous demonic
1: like representation.
0: Yeah, um, so there was another Waterford native named Richard Galbraith and <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I feel like I'm like slap happy. I made her um, milkshake too strong. So he knows the legend well and as a child he was told, don't let the sheep man get ya. He was warned to avoid the area of Pennsylvania Route 19 on the outskirts of the city at night or else the same fate would befall him that happened to so many unwilling animals. The blood crazed sheep man would tear him apart. Richard was wise to take the warnings to heart for there were many alleged incidents of the sheep man violently attacking humans as well as ravaging livestock. Did he ever kill humans? Um, I'm sure there were probably some people found cut up by some locals and they blamed it on the sheep, man. I don't know.
1: Yeah, probably people that were in the penitentiary. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) It's in the same area.
0: Um, there was a guy named Herb Kinney who said he had a friend who was a victim of the ungodly creature as it lay wait for him on top the Waterford-covered bridge on Niemeyer Road that spans LaBeouf Creek. LaBeouf, like Shia. He recounts the story in his own words. It was always said the sheepman lived in a cave on Baghdad Road. He was known to frequent the covered bridge southeast of town on East Street. He was said to hide up in the rafters of the old bridge and jump down and terrorize young lovers that had parked in the bridge. There were two couples from Erie. They were traveling into the bridge late one summer night in a dark blue Ford Mustang convertible with the top down. It had started to sprinkle, so they pulled inside the bridge. Probably didn't know the legend of the sheep goat man. And went to pull, put the top up when they were attacked. The boys fought off the creature and peeled out of the bridge with smoke from the burning rubber of their tires like billowing out. The roof to the car was badly damaged. It was ripped, torn, and mangled to the point it had to be replaced. All four of the young people insisted the incident really happened, telling the tale to their parents. The parents feared embarrassment and would not allow any police report to be filed. What the hell is happening over there?
1: (laughs) My nose was starting to run, so I snuck away to get a tissue. You just exposed me. I just looked up and it's got a tissue in her face. I was trying
0: not to sniffle. No one, like, sniffles on the microphone. I I was just asking. I want to make sure you're okay. We didn't take a pause. All right. I'm good. Um, So what's really weird about this is that there have been zero goat man, sheep man... um, sightings in this area since the 1970s but there are lots of um goat man sightings in places like louisiana texas and maryland like all over the place <clears throat> excuse me and they all tend to have pretty much the same story of like this way it looks and behaves so i wonder if the goat man just got tired of living in this small little town and maybe moves, <laughs> maybe moves maybe he's, he's got hooves he can he go wherever ran. he wants can you imagine,
1: like, driving down the highway and looking left and seeing that sprinting down the road? No.
0: I want so much to do a really bad punny, bad joke. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I had to know what was coming. Yeah. So there's the cryptid known as Sheep Man, a.k.a. Goat Man.
1: I feel like, uh...
0: I don't really know, like, the description of Goat Man, but I feel like he's not white. No, that's what I said. Some... Sometimes he's this guy was described as white, sometimes this guy. <laughs> this guy. This goat guy. Sometimes he was described as dark. So maybe there's multiple. Maybe there's maybe the sheep man is like birds and the male are one color and the female are another. Maybe his fur changes colours with the seasons. Well I mean I'd imagine there would have to be more than one. Pro- well yeah. I mean to get anything he's there not has to be. Two, live forever. Not in that area, he's gone we should have to go if anybody has any cool cryptids they want us to talk about I'm going to do Mothman I, w- I was going to do Mothman but I kind of want to do a whole Mothman episode I don't want to do an end of the episode Mothman because there's so many good Mothman stories <clears throat> so that was it for our story today I hope that you that all in- I hope you all enjoyed it I very much love bringing you the paranormal stuff um, I feel like this season is just going to make us hate the prison system even more. I mean, probably. It seems. I, I don't know if I'm going to do prisons and um, hospitals the whole time. Just because I don't want to bore people that aren't really into prisons and hospitals. There's a couple other ideas that I might do intermittently. Like throw, sprinkle sprinkling some stuff. I mean, we can do whatever we want. Yep. <laughs> we don't have anybody tell us what Nobody to do. cares. So thank you very much for joining us today. On the Monsters and Mixers podcast, please follow us at, on our socials on Facebook at Monsters and Mixers Pod, on Twitter at Monsters Mixers, and on Instagram at Monsters and Mixers Podcast.
1: Like well, and follow us on your preferred listening platform.
0: Leave a five star rating and send
1: us those stories via email at monstersandmixers 2 Mixers to or at one of the socials mentioned.
0: For those of you who listen on Spotify, just so you know, Spotify has added where you can now rank. Our rate podcast, so it's a pretty new feature. So. Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about how we made it to the Good Pods Oh, charts. yeah, that's what we were supposed to talk about at the beginning. Yeah, thank you for listening to us, everybody. We actually made the top 50 in indie true
1: crime podcasts and top 100 in just true, true crime, crime podcasts podcast overall, which is on good pods, insane which is to awesome.
0: me. I think we were like 80... 89? Yeah. Or 87? No, I feel like 86. 86. Look at us knowing all the... Particulars. <laughs> it is cool. I mean, it is really cool. The true crime
1: overall is like crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were number 50 in top 100 indie true crime chart and 89 in top 100 true crime chart.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so very exciting. We appreciate all of the support. You um, can also still get some merch and stuff. And we, I know we always say it at the end, but please send us some. Stories I've heard from a few people that you're working on some stories, your own scary stories. They don't have to be scary. If you have just a paranormal encounter that was cool, or something true crime that happened to you, it doesn't even have to have happened to you. If it's something like you've heard in
1: passing that you want to share, that you has like stuck with you, yeah, share it.
0: Because I need more stories. In and my also, life. if you really like listening to us, please give us ratings. Those help us a lot. Yeah, they really do. Rate, or you don't have to leave a review if you don't have time. Just click the little stars. We'll take it. So next week will be Emma, so you do not have to worry about hunting down the ingredients for a recipe. If you've been doing that, we appreciate you playing along and drinking the drinks that we do. Hopefully you like this delicious milkshake I'm about to kill. Um, So it'll be a BYOB episode, so until then, get out there and meet some ghosts. And make some toasts.